Hello and welcome to another edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. This podcast is proudly provided by Axon, helping dealers move more iron for almost 100 years. Find out more at axontire.com. Axon was started almost 100 years ago out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. It's that same passion that drives them today. With a vision for a better experience for both farmer and dealer, they set out to create a better way to move more iron. When you partner with Axon, you get immediate access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. Axon carries all major brands and sizes of tires, wheels, and tracks. From custom colors and sizes to fully customized wheels, you can have the solution for virtually any problem today's farmer is trying to solve. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving Iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. Also, go to tractorzoom.com if you're looking to find the best place to track what's going on in the auction marketplace. They have 500 different auction uh, houses that report back to them with all the great information that is. Uh, going on in the auction market. So it's a great way to measure trends and see what's happened. So if you're interested in doing that, uh, when you go to Iron Comps and you said that you want to do that, use Moving Iron at checkout and you get yourself a nice little discount. So this week I have Aaron Fentel back with us. It's been a little bit since Aaron's been on the show, but we have uh, got back together. Both of us have been uh, extremely busy with all the stuff we have going on in our lives, and Aaron just consistently makes his his life busier on purpose, I think. So, But Aaron's been uh, he's a full-fledged hay guy this summer, so he's got his uh, real job and his part-time job, and then he's got his hobby, um, which is, I guess, I don't know which one's his hobby, the sheep or the hay, but one of the two are yeah. is a hobby, right? Yeah. Right? They're both completely pointless, so <laughs> what whatevs, man. <laughs> so, But, no, nonetheless, it's good to have Aaron back on here, and, you know, I made a fairly bold prediction uh, back in probably May that the combine market was going to get super uh, wicked hot this summer, and as we kind of lean towards that August September, you know, stretch into the into harvest time frame, there, um, kind of feel like I was right. Two point. Two point. Okay. Two okay. point. Okay. <laughs> the long pa- long pause for dramatic effect. <laughs> But here's what happened. Here's the reason why I think if if you really want to start to kind of measure the numbers and what they look like, back on July first, uh, there were just just south of ten thousand combines in the marketplace. I don't remember the exact number, but it was like nine thousand nine hundred and eighty something, right? That was the first time that the now, market, what was the total number? Uh, less than ten thousand. Less than ten thousand. Less than ten thousand. So that's the first time since well August of twenty fourteen. That combines have ever dropped below ten thousand. So there's ten thousand. Like, if there's ten thousand spoons and all you need is a knife. Yeah, isn't that ironic? It is. Yeah. Don't you think? <coughs> I do sometimes. Yeah. Do you? So ten thousand, ten thousand used combines right. in the marketplace. <coughs> so we're down to nine thousand, twelve, and thirteen S series combines. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. yeah. It's not just not left. So just. Kind of real quick recap of what this looks like. So you had 
9,980-ish, you know, in July 1st. You had 10,600 about July 15th. So it really shot up. You had 700 combines. Right, which we kind of alluded to that. That was the harvester role kind of happening. And you're south of I-80 probably farmer combines for fall. So now I just look back up here, and we're recording this on August 2nd or August 3rd. And there are 10,178 combines. So the month, so basically the month kind of went back to where it started, right? We're not below 10,000, but we were barely below 10,000 to start with. So combine marketplace is kind of in that, you know, if you go back and kind of look at this year, the entire combine marketplace has kind of bounced around between 10,000 and 11,000 combines, right? Never been this low, never been this close to the 10,000 part of the, uh, between the 10,000 and 11,000 mark. But this is as low as it's been in, in some while. You know, so I guess when I take a look at what's going on, do you have the data in there? I know you do, but do you have it readily available? When is the last time it was under ten? That's that was the we don't, four, we don't the have 14? the data. We don't have that since August of twenty fourteen. It's never been below ten thousand. Okay, so I'm guessing that's that's all the further the data goes right. back is fourteen. I'm guess you'd have to go back to like twelve. I bet maybe maybe thirteen. Think about this though. There's less farmers. Bigger farms, bigger machines. Right. Sheer number of machines has got to be shrinking. They can't be selling as many 780s as they were 4400s. Well, yeah, but you look at the number of 9770s that got replaced with, with S-series combines. You know what I mean? Right. That's a, that's almost a one-for-one. One, you know what I mean? I mean, about everybody. Yeah. I mean, we, we were... A lot of dealerships were selling 80 to 100 combines in the heart of combine country right. as a whole, right? So, I mean, if you really take a look at all of that, you know, stuff that's happening, there's plenty of things out there that show that that the combine market. Now, the weird thing about the combine market, though, is there's plenty of people looking at combines. There's plenty of people wanting to buy combines, but there's not there's not a mad rush to get that, that combine that you would think there would be, like we saw in tractors, Right. So we've seen we have several combines that are what we consider late model low hour you know less than 400 separator hour combines right and it's not you know we might sell one or two here and there and this week and then next week we might sell you know one or two here and there and then you know so on and so forth but it's not this rush right to get that combine right you know what I mean I think I think it'll come after I, I think there's a lot of apprehension right now. If you go back and really look at what the markets are doing, we're in the middle of a drought, right? Depending on where you're at. Right. And, you know, you read some things on Twitter and the sky is falling and it's, it's you know, I'm growing pineapples out here in my field. And then the next Twitter feed is, I've got 700 bushel corn and it's the best, the best corn crop ever. Right, right. And, the, I mean, the truth is, I mean, the average is somewhere in the middle right now. So I think a lot of folks are just sitting back on like, hey, look, I got my planter situation taken care of. I've got my tractor situation taken care of. What I'm going to do is I'm going to wait to make sure that I've got enough money to pay for what I've already bought, right? And now I'm going to upgrade my combine. I think the combine rush. You think yeah, it'll be post-harvest? I really do. I think it's going to be. Well, hell, it's going to have to be. It's August 2nd. Well, but I think it's going to be a hotter Hotter market than, than normal than what we normally I, see. I get that. I think I the prime. I think the primary focus in that our traditional September to the December time frame is going to be combines. It's not going to be 
as heavy tractors and as heavy planters and as heavy sprayers as we have seen in the past. I think combines are going to be the one thing. It won't be tractors because there aren't any. Well, there aren't any. That's true. There are none. (laughs) But the one thing about that that is kind of a key factor there is, I think even if there were tractors to get, I'm not so... There was... It, yeah, there was so much yeah. tractor activity yeah. the last 18 months that yeah. it's got to be, gotta be s- saturated now, to this minute. Now, the dark horse in all this could be a sprayer. Because the sprayer market did, we did have some movement in the spring with sprayers. But you got to remember that that was early spring, you know, like January, February, March time frame before we hit that. That where we're at now in the corn price. I mean, the corn price is coming up there, but everyone's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. See, and I think we had more of a sprayer <laughs> spike like May. We did. We saw. A few I spikes. feel like the sprayer market was just nothing, not a damn thing. And then uh, one or two in April, and then in May, it took off. Yeah. We're, we're out of sprayers. Like yeah. in fifteen days, like what in the hell just happened? Yeah, and I think a lot of that too was again, there were sprayers out there to be had. Right. A lot of late model, lower hour stuff out there to be had. And, I mean, we used to have people fighting over these old co-op machines, you know, that, you know, 2,500 hours on them because they were an R-series sprayer, one right. or two-year-old R-series sprayer. that Budget-friendly R-series yeah, sprayer. very much so. Now we transition that over. I, th- I really think, I think if, if I'm looking at this from, from my, my, you know, got my crystal ball out here and I'm trying to predict what's going on, my play is combines are going to be hot September to December, and it wouldn't surprise me to see sprayers come on in late, late 2021. I'm talking like November, December. Gotcha. Because somebody could have came in and said, you know, I've got my combine now, found the one I want, and then I'm going to go talk to the tax man. He's like, you know what, you probably could spend, you know, 80 grand or whatever. Oh, cool! I'm going to get you know I can I can go out and make that down payment on that sprayer. Whatever, right. You know what I mean? Right. So now they're looking at now I got a combine, I got a sprayer, I got a I got my heads, I got got the planter situation that I want going in into twenty two. I don't have brand new stuff, but I got new newer stuff to me. Right. And what's out yeah. there? So they've kind of they've kind of piecemealed that 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 whole used equipment picture together. Now, the flip side of that is with the way availability is and the way things are are going right now. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, you know, third quarter, fourth quarter, twenty-two. Oh my God! Because that's when that's when I think you got to really start start paying attention to the marketplace because it's going to go from a trickle to open the floodgates, the emergency floodgates. Because there's going to be a lot of equipment that hits the market then. Yes, and it's all identical. What right. does that feel like? <laughs> <laughs> right, but the thing about it is, there's going to be. The demand is going to be there for it. Yeah. You know? Three years from now, we will be cussing them 21s. God, can we get rid of them 21s? <laughs> Dude, us. The good thing about this, though, the nice thing about the situation we're in now compared to the situation that we were in 10, 11, 12, is that they had the production capacity. Yeah. They weren't, there wasn't a, a, a pandemic going on at the time that was jacking with, you know, the supply chain and everything else. Microchips. Right, exactly. So, I mean, if you really start to th- put that in perspective, it's just we're actually kind of going to be in a good spot because it's, we won't have this incredibly We're not getting oversupplied. Of, right. The demand isn't getting oversupplied. Right, so. exactly. So, and then people are wa- still wanting and still needing. Yeah. So that won't, 
be such a choke. Right. My numbers took my my years twenty twenty five when when we see a leveling out of the marketplace, where supply catches up with demand. Because it's going to be the twenty threes that get sold. That you start looking at how they start coming into play in twenty five, and the twenty fours that get sold and how they start playing in twenty five. So those are going to, to me, that's when I think is going to we're going to start seeing this huge, this huge spike in in equipment availability and and. Not so much. I don't think that I don't think the demand's going to go anywhere, but the supply is going to catch up with the demand. So it's going to feel like where'd everybody go? I mean, I had like twenty three guys out here beating down my door to get this one piece of equipment. Now I've got like fifteen. This sucks. You know what I mean? That's that's, that's the problem you're going to run into. Right. You know what I mean? You know, I only have ten guys now that want to buy this. So not <laughs> I know. It's horrible. Hey, how's things <laughs> going? Oh, kind of slow. I <laughs> sold like six tractors this week. <laughs> What? <laughs> so I, I think there's going to be that that melding there. So now, speak to that a little bit from the perspective of, you know, how many guys are looking at combines that you're talking to? Not enough. Okay. Not enough. It it has been the quietest combine discussions uh-huh. from an end user standpoint. Okay. The quietest in the last three months in a long time. Yeah. Is that because they ordered new? No, I just I think it kind of goes back to my back to what you were saying yeah. about combines. Yeah, I think so. I, that I, just proved you right. Yeah, we'll find out. I guess. Boy, that is unfortunate as hell. <laughs> but, but the the wholesale world on combines, yeah. like surprised routinely by the prices yeah you know like really yeah <laughs> did you just say yes <laughs> that didn't take eight times yeah so i mean it it don't get me wrong i mean it's not like combines are selling at advertised price but right yeah but they're 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 less of a puke in your mouth and more of just a verp now right okay yeah you get that, it stays, you know, get the, gets get the, the esophagus, goes back down, but you get that burn. Yeah, you get the, just the lingering burn, you know, yeah. exactly what you're talking about. Ha! <laughs> 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 exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think when when you we look at this and we see what's going on, I, I think that there's going to be a greater amount of... Buzz. Buzz. I, but I think it's going to be some... Fanfare. There's going to be some carryover into the first of the year, too, though. I think there are going to be some guys that just wait and defer income. Oh, yeah. You know, they're going to defer an income in that first quarter of the year, and they're going to look and see what they've got yep. and really step back and think. Here's the other thing that this spurs, something that we didn't San Antonio? We, well, yeah, it could be. Great <laughs> basketball program there. But the one thing about that we've never talked about on here is that when, when prices get like this, the first thing guys start to look at is on-farm storage. Yeah? They're really stepping back and going like, had another bin. Yeah, I can oh, yeah. really play this game. You know, oh, yeah. if I'd have had x x percent of more storage, I could have weathered some more of these bad times. And you if know? guys pay attention <laughs> to marketing, my God, I, bins are expensive, man. Yeah. They are expensive, but nothing pays for itself. Oh, you can pay for that damn bin in one good marketing move. Exactly, and then it's yeah. yours. Yeah. So that's that's some. I've actually had so I get that. I've had some conversations with guys like, you know what? I'd like to update my combine this year, but. I'm thinking about adding another bin, and maybe maybe 22 is when I'm going to have that 
update my combine. Or we'll just see how this year plays out. Maybe I update my bins, add another bin over here, and I go We're going to put in 3 million flat storage, a 10,000 bushel pit, and I want three X9s. <laughs> right on. Let's do it. <laughs> but yeah, so I think, I, I think there's going to be some plays out there, too, where what guys are doing outside of the equipment, like the quote-unquote equipment side of the business, and start looking at maybe, you know, I've had the same grain trailer for 15 years. Right, trucks, that, trailers. Those kind of things. So all the support equipment. Yeah, so a lot more support equipment I think is going to get some some much-needed focus, right? I mean... Mama's house. Mama. <laughs> Mama's house. Yeah. Mama's a suburban. That is all going to be brand new. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you start... But you start putting... Didn't out. you guys remodel in 12? Yeah, but corn hit six bucks again, yeah. so... <laughs> but you have that set up. But then you start looking at... I mean, look at some of these grain carts. Holy crap. How many bushels oh, have been rained through grain carts? You know... The flighting on inside of some of those things, you're, you're going to be lucky to, to auger out grapefruits. You know what I mean? I mean it's just, <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's, I mean, some of the stuff is. It's, if you can slide your hand out. in the tube and check for holes, yeah. the flighting is bad. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so I mean, I think it's just one of those deals where there's a lot of, there's a wish list a mile long. Yeah, wow. And some of the stuff, they can they can go ahead and get the combine ready to run. Put, put it back together the best they want to put it back together and then start looking at some of the support equipment stuff. Right. That maybe but a lot of a lot of guys, there's a lot of guys, there's there's a chunk of guys who haven't done a damn thing. Their whole farm looks like the booth at Husker Harvest Days in 13. Right. You yeah. know? Yeah. There's still those guys out there. But for the most part, guys have, I mean, they might have been, oh, I bought all new in 12 and then they went back to mm-hmm. the real world. Right. But they kept with it, you know, maybe not in every year, maybe like in every three or something, and they bought a two-year-old the last time, you know, but they're they're updating, and I think that's why, like us personally, if someone wanted a 12 for 13, it's slim pickings. Right. That's a good point. I mean... They're gone. What used to be the Achilles heel is, is not necessarily the problem... I can't point to any one piece of equipment right now and say that, man, this is going to be a struggle. You've I got, can. Okay, what is it? Use forge harvesters. I don't think so. <laughs> I think I think you're. I know. I I I always have to throw rocks at them. <laughs> I love them and adore them, but God bless. Between that and a ropa. You're going to lump... You're going to buy something more specialized. Are you going to lump a forged harvester into a ropa? Yeah. And put them on the same (laughs) same playing field? I am. Okay, that's like... that's You know what that is? That's like saying (laughs) that a high school track athlete and an Olympic track athlete are are the same. There you go. The common thing is they perform in a track event. (laughs) That's that's the common theme there, right? (sighs) No, but I yeah, I mean you're right. There's not one specific thing that is a dumpster fire right now. I mean, there's still some things out there of concern. I mean, there there are, there's a lot of you know. Here's a good example. I think older tillage equipment is is going to be an issue because that older stuff is getting traded in on newer stuff, and no one wants to take their you know. 10 or 15 year old whatever that's right even the guy with a 50 series tractor wants a 2015 disc right yeah and i think so i mean again now you're starting about talking about equipment that you know you start talking about 
stress fractures and the bigger it well is, the breaks bigger, and yep. you know those kind of things. It's been patched up forty three times and you know, it's heavier now than it was when you bought it. <laughs> you bought it new, you know. So it's all those things start to play into effect there. But I, I could see there could be an issue with with uh, used tillage, especially especially as fad related as tillage is. Right. I mean, yeah. there's always a new fad in tillage, whatever it's. You know, whether it's vertical tillage or high-speed discs or whatever it is, there's always a new latest and greatest thing. And it's about every five years that something comes out that, guess what I figured out? I figured out the X that's going to get, right. you know, this is going to make your, you know, either minimum till practice or no-till practice the best thing since sliced bread. Yep. Right? And exactly. So, I mean, that's, so you see something there. And I could see some support equipment issues, some used support equipment issues that could cause some backup. But if it's got wheels and a motor, you know, it's, there's going to be a buyer for it somewhere, totally across the board. Somewhere. Somewhere. And I think at it's, some number. At some number. Yeah. There'll be somebody that wants to buy that piece of equipment. True. So let's talk about let's talk about the Haymarket here a little bit because <clears throat> we are in that uh, phase. Depending on where you're at, you could be second cutting or third cutting, or in some places, you're fourth cutting, depending on where you're at. But I that's the one that's the one marketplace right now that is very strong. Mm-hmm. Because of the drought that we see happening in in the northern plains, right? Right. There's a lot of equipment, you know, that is getting purchased, and a lot of alfalfa that's getting cut, that's getting hauled a long ways. Oh yeah. To get if, to get it up there, um, and especially up in the Dakotas, get out in the western part of the United States, you start looking at you know Utah and Arizona and Nevada and those kind of places. It's just hard right now to find. Well, think hay. about it. We're on a main vein yep. for Western Dakotas and Montana, yep. and it is just hay truck, hay truck, hay truck, man. It is once in a while you see one going south, and you're like, "Where the hell are you going? Other <laughs> other way, man." North, north, north is 180 degrees other direction, part. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, you start looking at that again. You start looking at supply of machines out there. You've got balers are. Um, I don't want to say balers or use balers are in short supply. But they're they're not readily available either. No, you know what I mean. The one thing that is in short supply are are windrowers. Very. I mean, it's hard to find a windrower right now that's not you know. If it runs, it's sold. Right. So you you've seen over the top, right? Yeah, a long time ago. So at the opening scene of, of that, he's right. he's trucking through the mountains and he's got a Heston windrower and a Massey Ferguson Baylor, I think, or it might be vice versa. Kidding me? There's no. It's a it's a it's a Heston windrower, and it's got. It's got the uh, the sickle on the front. And right. It's, it's like sitting. I don't know how they heck can't it. But then there's like a, a Heston little score baler. Oh on, no shit! Yeah, yeah. Hawk trucking. And I was watching that the other night with my kids. You know, we were, I was like, here's a good one. We watched this one. I've seen this one in a while. But so when I was thinking about that, I kind of it kind of made me start thinking about windrows a little bit in right. the market. And I'm like, I go. Oddly enough, what's on the back of that truck is about what's available right now right. for windrowers. You know what I mean? That's that's kind of what's available right exactly. now. Exactly. And so it was a – so when was that movie made, like 85? Yeah, I was going to say 85, 86. So it was a brand new – 66, 50 Heston. <laughs> fresh, out of, fresh out of Kansas. There you go. Trekking its way. Uh, they were in, I don't know, Montana or someplace. I can't remember that. But I started looking at that, and that made me think about that a little bit as – you know, there's not, especially 
sickle. And that's something that's out here that has really kind of come back. There are guys asking for sickle heads and stuff. I mean, not saying like sickle heads have been some, like a, a, an abomination. And people right. have, you know, but there's a lot more folks out here right now that are looking at grass as a as a basically this is my choice this year. Right. This is what I've got, and I might cut it once. And it's six inches tall, so you got to have a sickle. Right. So in your neck of the woods, where you're up doing your thing at, talk about that a little bit and what you're seeing as far as kind of the machinery you see running around out there. Oh, you know, it it is absolutely to to a T. I have not seen a rotary in a grass field, and I have not seen a sickle on a pivot. Okay. Because, you know, being in, well, two-thirds of western, two-thirds of big-ass county, drive by a lot of fields, you know, and getting to where you're going and everything, and there have been a, everybody that I have seen on a pivot has been a self-propelled, except one, two different triple mowers, and everybody in a meadow has a sickle. And it might, I have seen guys cutting like a quarter, you know, 160 acre field with an old canvas rig, you know, stick steer. And, you know, some jackasses over here with a 05 in a pivot corner and it just depends on what they got going, you know. But yeah, it's, it is, I have not seen any crossover whatsoever. Yeah. And usually you do. You'll see some of that. Yeah. You got a good mix of, you know. Get a rotary guy out in the in the, in the payment. And I've seen account. some of the real professional hay guys mm-hmm. have both this year. Yeah, because I got a buddy that that does it too, and he got both this year. Yeah, he was always die hard rotary man because you can go eighteen mile an hour if you can sit in the seat. Right, and he got a sickle. It still has his rotary, but he also got a sickle just because. If you're going to go get some grass, yeah, because everything is short, that grass is damn short. Right. So. Yeah. it's uh, I've spent a lot of hours cutting one foot tall, 18 inch tall crested wheat, man, and yeah. that's what's there. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, a, it's just a different, a different feel right now because you can feel that guys are out there that are looking to upgrade something. They're looking to upgrade something that what they're looking at is, this is what I got. Right. This is this is my, this is my, this is my choice. So I'm going to go with that over there. And exactly. That's going to be it. Okay. All right. So last topic here, and we'll, and we'll wrap it up. As you step back and you take a look, at what's going on, and you're really kind of diving into there. What's your thoughts on 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 used corn heads as we go into this? They have been of, super hot. Yeah. I don't know where they're all going because there's there's like. 2010s, mm-hmm. they're not just 700s. I mean, right. 700s are out, gone. But even, like, older 6s are mm-hmm. moving. Right. Now, what I also know is there is a lot, a lot, a lot of Milo planted in this world. Okay. So I think uh, there could be, because I know, when was that? 17 or 18, it seemed like the entire western half of Kansas was Milo. Mm-hmm. And I bet I sold 10 old corn heads in two weeks. 
And every damn one of them went and got one of them arrow conversions. Right. A lot of them were 1293s, some 612s. You can't even find 93s anymore, hardly. You know, They're all yeah. exported and down south and God knows where. Right. So I think that is probably what's driving that lower cost cornhead. The 612C all crop? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, they have a... I've noticed that too, is that some of the, like 612Cs, 1243s, like those kind of style, those those era of machines, you can't really find them anywhere. anymore. Right. And, you know, two years ago, we were like, well, what are we going to do with all that? Who, who's going to want something like this? Right. You know what I mean? Because we, we, we take them on trade. And Which was be, funny because, you know, like, four years ago, we had to buy 15 of them during harvest. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We were that short. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that market plays out. And I think that there's a it, it feels like to me, and obviously we just we just talked about it, but it really feels like to me that a lot of guys are, are looking at their five or six year old cornhead and saying, I'm gonna go ahead and upgrade that this year right. and I'll upgrade my combine next year or we're just going to see how things play out after harvest after harvest yep. once it's once you have the scale tickets it's a whole different ball right. exactly well good stuff as usual Aaron folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what it is you're doing and uh, just some of the well I'd say sweet deals but there's you know as sweet as I can make them now with what I got you've got you got the portfolio of, of five pieces of equipment <laughs> so I mean so well, you basically get the portfolio of a, a single store dealership that might have just a little too much inventory. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. What, what's the best? Sorry way about to get the other of? fifteen. <laughs> um, best way to get a hold of me: 308-760-1193. Call me or text me. Text me is usually a surefire way. Um, that's that, or I'm on the Ag Twitterverse once in a while at aaronfintel. Um, that's kind of the scoop, man. Well, you can find me at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where uh, all the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast will be found. Also, go to movingironllc.com um, if you want to get more information about the Moving Iron Podcast and the blogs I have out there. Also, uh, time is about up. So if you want to come to the Moving Iron Summit, I think that you have about you know two, three more days to really get kind of get that uh, hemmed up, maybe maybe a week to kind of get that hemmed up, and then it'll probably be uh, be sold out. So... Um, if you're interested in doing that, go to movingironllc.com, go up into the navigation bar, click Moving Iron Summit, and all the information that you need to find for the Moving Iron Summit is up there. So uh, hotel information, agendas, meeting registration, whatever you need to find is there. If it's, the answer is not there that you're looking for, send me an email at movingironpodcast at movingironpodcast.com, and I'll be happy to get back to you. So with that, I am Casey Seymour with Aaron Fennell. Let's go move some iron, folks. Out. You want to have a meaningful, competitive advantage to help sell more equipment. Whether you represent the sales, parts, or management department of an implement dealership, there's a surprising amount of complexity when it comes to tire, wheel, and track technology. Let Axon worry about that so you can get back to supporting your customers. Axon has leveraged years of experience to create a streamlined process that gives you a proven path to help today's grower and sell more equipment. The roots of their organization go back almost 100 years to the invention of the rubber tractor tire. Supporting agriculture is the number one driver of Axon from product development through sales and service. To find more or become an Axon dealer, head over to axontire.com. Moving
See 